matchup we actually wanted. What is it about the Nuggets that gives you hope? It's the Jazz. It's the Nuggets. It's the first of playoff previews, and it's a live edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day of the week. Thanks so much for tuning in. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, To all the people I got to meet yesterday over uh, at the Murdoch's Customer Appreciation Party, uh, I super it was great to meet all of you. Uh, my daughter was a total trooper, um, and she went out and actually uh, hit balls as the pro for everybody, and uh, hopefully got a lot of people birdies. And I hung out and talked basketball because that's what I do well, and that's what she does well. Um, and it was uh, it was actually my birthday, so I think she had to do it. I think she felt obligated, but she was cool. Uh, so it was great. So thank you to everybody. Uh, involved over at that event. All right, let's get uh, let's get the show rolling. Uh, there's a bunch of so it's the Jazz and the Nuggets. The playoffs are set. Well, Lakers will play Blazers or whoever, <laughs> probably Blazers. Uh, Dallas and the Clippers, Rockets, Thunder, Jazz, Mavericks, Eastern Conference set as well. With Magic and the Bucks, Raptors and the Nets, Celtics and the Sixers, and Pacers and the Heat. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, all that play out. Uh, so, let's dig into the Utah Jazz and the Denver Nuggets. Why is it that when we looked at all this, we said we want to play the Nuggets? They beat us three times. They were second seed in the West last year. The third seed in the West this year. Why would you possibly be talking about wanting to play the Denver Nuggets? Well, first off, let's make sure we give complete respect and regard to who they are because they just win. Like, and we'll get to that. But the first thing is the Jazz get their shots against the Nuggets. The Nuggets' defensive systems, they overplay. The the numbers are all inflated because of a double overtime game, but they they overshift. They overmove. If we move the basketball, I think we threw almost 400 passes in the double overtime game. If we move the basketball, we'll get looks. Against Houston, I, I'm not actually convinced we get looks we want. Like that's that's a significant pro- you know, we're going to beat people with our shooting. We're gonna beat people because we get catch and shoot threes and we get hot, and that's how we win. And against Houston, we not have not only shown that we can't get those looks. We've shown that we have a hard time making those looks. And then the last part about it, frankly, against Houston, we just don't get stops. So that's, you know, the number one reason I think you want to play Denver is the fact that there's a, that there is, you're going to get looks. I mean, in the double overtime game, we took 55 three-point shots and that wasn't new, right? We got 19 corner threes against them in the February 5th game. We ended up getting, we only took five long twos in the January 30th game. We got the shots we need. Went 17 of 37 from three in the January 30th loss to them. We went 14 of 39 from three in the February 5th loss to them. And we went 22 of 55 on threes in the double overtime loss to them. So you get your looks. I think that's greatly important. Second is, they live by offensive rebounding. 
when you dig into their numbers and who they are and, and, and what makes them win, they live by offensive rebounding and they live by increased offensive rebounding by quarter. Uh, they don't offensive rebound a great deal early. In the fourth quarter, they offensive rebound a lot. And by the last five minutes of the game, they're grabbing about 31% of their offensive rebound misses. Uh, we actually did a pretty darn good job against them in the double overtime game for the portion of the game we allowed just 25% offensive rebounds but when it got to be the fourth quarter of that game all of a sudden they ended up garnering four major important offensive rebounds uh, in that fourth quarter and increased their rate grace greatly we ended up I believe if I have this off the top of my head we had seven defensive rebounds they had four offensive rebounds so they were up over they were over 30% you go to overtime Number one, and they got one only got one offensive rebound, a Tory Craig offensive rebound, but we only had three defensive rebounds, so they were again at 25%. And overtime number two, the same story happened. We had two defensive rebounds the whole time. They had one offensive rebound. So for the final 15 minutes of that game, they went to over 33% def- offensive rebounding rate. My one thought on that, maybe this is a little Pollyanna, is you get used to it. There's a uniqueness to what Denver does in two different fashions. And my guess is you'll get used to it in the middle of a playoff series that it's taking place. And you'll get better at handling it in the playoff series as time takes place. One is offensive rebound we just talked about. Two is nobody runs their offense through Jokic, through Jokic the way Denver does. No, I mean, nobody has Jokic, but Jokic leads the league in touches. Like Jokic ends up touching the ball 98 times per game. His team touch share, which is 23%, is number one in the NBA. And he pops 57% of the time. There's a uniqueness to what he does and how he does it that, I again, I think as a series develops, you get more and more used to it. But boy, is he great. And the last one, why I think you wanted Denver and maybe the most important, is they're young. Their playoff experience is no more than our playoff experience. Jamal Murray's now in his, I think, fifth year. Gary Harris is in his sixth. Jokic is in his sixth. They won a playoff series last year against San Antonio badly. They lost to Portland. Jokic was incredible in that playoff series. Those numbers are scary uh, in, in what he pulled off in that series. But they lost. In probably a series they should have won. They don't have great playoff experience. You're playing Chris Paul in the playoffs. He's seen it all. You've seen James Harden and Russell Westbrook. They've seen it all. So to me, you know, one of our biggest weaknesses is the fact that Donovan is still in his third year. Not anyone's fault. He's just in his third year. It's just part of the process still. And that's not as big a disadvantage in this series as it would be otherwise. The other one, frankly, is, you know, we'll see how this plays out. D- Denver's played back, played two game sevens last year, right? They, they beat uh, San Antonio, I believe, in seven. And then they lost to Portland in seven in Denver. It was definitely a bad loss. But that's a pretty interesting experience to have. Jokic, by the way, in that series against... Now, that was a shorthanded Denver team by then. Uh, Nurkic is not playing. Uh, they're starting... Center is Ennis Cantor. So, right, it's like, you know, it's kind of like the, they, they opened up the, the Ballard locks and let everyone come through. 
But Jokic, uh, 27 points, 14 rebounds, and 8 assists in that series. He was great. All right, one other note. We'll see how this plays out. Jokic does not shoot the 3 well against Rudy. Jokic, coming into the last matchup, was 3 of 23 from 3 when on the floor since 2007 against Rudy. Uh, or games in which Rudy played. Not necessarily when Rudy's on the floor. But they match a great deal of the time. I have it, and I have a good note on that. Uh, and so I, I think that when you when you look at that, he's getting out his length bothers him. It takes him a long time to get that shot, and so I think it makes him less comfortable. Now, with all that said, with all this goodness said here, they're really good. They just win. They're nineteen and sixteen when they trail at the half. Their resilience is fabulous. Um, you, you, you better be ready to play all 48 minutes. We have not shown that a great deal. Uh, their record against above 500 teams is one of the better in the NBA. Frankly, if you look at that as an important statistic, which I think it is records against above 500, these opening round series actually aren't as close as we want to make them in the Western conference. There are four teams in the NBA that are really good against above 500 teams and the rest aren't, and we're not. Like, let's just be, you know, let's be honest, right? Like, I'm not going to pick and choose just numbers to make us all feel good. I know it it bothers everyone when I don't do that perfectly for them. But we're not, you know, we're against above 500 teams this year. We're 13 and 18. Against above 500 teams, they're 20 and 15. They're better than we are. Like, give them credit. Two or three games better than we are this year. They're 20 and 15 in games against above 500. We're 13 and 18. By the way, if you just look at it, Lakers are 22 and 14. Clippers are 21 and 13. Denver's 20 and 15. And the Rockets are 19 and 12. That number would tell you that there are four teams better than the other four teams in the Western Conference. And that as, you know, as great as these series may be, there's four, there might not be. There are four teams that are better. Uh, they've got a matchup on Donovan. And I, I do think, you know, I'm going to twist this a little bit and turn it into a jazz strength at some point here, which is definitely Pollyanna and, and being a homer. But so in the first matchup, Donovan Mitchell went 0 for 8 when guarded by Torrey Craig in 48 matchups. In the second matchup, Donovan had 7 points and went 3 for 10 shooting against Torrey Craig. And in the last matchup, he had 49 matchups. He had 11 points on 13 shots. I think he went 5 at 13. I have to go look into it. I'll, I'll, I'll dig into this. So Torrey Craig is the key to Denver because he takes away Donovan. In a way, we don't have a defensive stopper like that. That's why we're not as great as we once were defensively. Like we are, we're small and don't have great length and don't get into you the way we used to. Now we're a much better offensive team. If we're going to win this series, we're going to win this series with offense. We're going to make shots. And here's some good news. Denver's 22 out of 22 teams on de- in defense on, in the bubble. So in that sense, maybe we are going to win this series and we're going to win it because of that. Here's another one for you. You're going to hear the narrative that Rudy Gobert has kicked the... That Nikola Jokic has kicked the crap out of Rudy Gobert in this matchup this year. Okay, one is Denver's won all three games. Okay? So let's give credit. And Jokic has been great. He had 28, 10, and 4 in the first matchup. He had 30, 21, 
and 10 in the second matchup? 30, 21, and 10? In game one, when Jokic and Gobert were both on the floor, the Jazz outscored the Nuggets by 12 points. In game two, when Jokic and Gobert were both on the floor, Jokic and the Nuggets outscored the Jazz by six points. And in game three, when they were both on the floor in the double overtime game, Gobert, the Jazz and Gobert outscored Jokic by two points. So in the three games when they have both been on the floor the entire time, the Jazz are plus eight in those minutes in which they're on the floor and the Jazz have lost all three games. Okay, so yeah, Jokic is great. He's going to put up his numbers, but the Jazz have outscored the Nuggets in the minutes in which Rudy Gobert and Nikola Jokic are both on the floor at the same time. Okay? Just thought I'd share that. I think that's a pretty important number. It's going to be great. We got a chance. It's, you know, it's our best chance. Today's show brought to you by Intercap Lending. I met a guy yesterday over uh, who was there with Intercap Lending. Uh, Brock and the crew at Intercap Lending have just done amazing work, uh, both in the community and with uh, their mortgage company. The reason Intercap is growing so incredibly quickly is because they get deals done. I mean, really, if you just want the simple facts on the way lending works is that real estate agents don't get paid until the lending goes through. So if Therefore, they're only going to lending companies that get deals done. So how do they do it? They're hyper-responsive, they embrace change, and they understand the borrower experience because they're doing it as a direct issuer. They still service my loan. They haven't shipped it off anywhere else. It's a long-term relationship, and that makes it better for the consumer, and that makes it better for them to be able to do special deal- deals and be able to understand how to get deals done. So, 40-year mortgage company that has come to Utah and worked it through, and we'll see how... Uh, you can see all the things that they get done. George Niang just joined us. I had to give him a little shout out. My guy, George Niang, from the bubble, tuning into the show today. Everyone give on Instagram, give George a little love. Uh, he's on fire shooting three. He's part of the reason the Jazz can beat the Nuggets because he get their looks. Anyway, back to intercap lending. His uh, Steve Carter is our lender. You can reach him at 385-885-28. 385-885-28. So George Niang, if you're looking to buy a new house with all your big contract money guy, 385-885-28. Intercap lending, NMLS number 190465. Visit intercap lending. Today's show, live show brought to you by Shamrock Auto, Rob Taylor and the crew at Shamrock Auto do incredible work. Uh, on nearly new used cars out in Pleasant Grove. Rob started the company uh, many years back. Uh, he hired a technician to go do all the buying so that they'd make sure they knew exactly what they getting for cars. He just didn't like his car buying experience. He wanted to create his own. They're lean. They're small. They're, they test drive in and out. There's no hassling. They're going get to get it done for you. And one of the favorite things Rob loves is if you actually know exactly what you want, you give Rob a call and he'll go out and try to find it for you. People come from out of state. To involve with Shamrock, they'll get you out the door pricing in five minutes. Test drive by yourself. Buyer experience in under an hour. Full service do-it-yourself financing. Extended warranties in-house and a value-driven Carfax report on every single car. That's what Rob prides himself on. What he and Brady Kimball and the crew over there have done. Call Rob at 801-319-2250 to find out more about Shamrock Auto. That's 801-319-2250. Get the Lockdown Jazz friends and family aspects as well. 801-319-2250. All right, let's get to your questions, your thoughts, your comments. I've broken it down already. Niang, if you weren't late to the show, 
You would have got my whole breakdown of how you can beat the Nuggets. I'm guessing that that guy from Seattle, Mercer Island, Seattle, is going to have a heck of a game plan for you. Jazz do play the Spurs today as well. Um, does Joe Ingles still have the longest active playing? Yes, that's why he has not had a rest day yet, is keep that streak alive. Uh, Gobert, the back-to-back defensive player of the year, needs to step up big time against Jokic and the Joker. Excited for this playoff series, says Jazz Nation News. I think you're exactly right. Uh, you know, I think, though, that's important, like what we just talked about. As much as it feels like Jokic has had his way against Rudy in these three games, the Jazz have outscored the Nuggets when they're both on the floor. The Jazz are plus eight in the minutes in which Rudy Gobert and Nikola Jokic are on the floor So this season. The Jazz are, have lost it in those other minutes. I'm guessing Rudy's going to go to 40, by the way. I bet you they're going to match. It's going to be a heck of a lot of work um, along the way on both sides. Jokic has got a great playoff history and what he's been able to do. And I do, you know, I don't, I think this is where Quinn's great. Jokic gets 98 touches a game. That is the number one rate in the league. I think Luka's right there with him. So think about that. Luka gets as much uh, touch. His team share percentage, the amount of time he has the ball, 23%, is the most of any player in the NBA. No team has a player, not Russell Westbrook, not James Harden, not Dame Lillard, not Luka Doncic, who has the ball more than Nikola Jokic has the ball for Denver. That's different. Different is really, really hard when you're playing in the regular season with limited time to prepare. Quinn Snyder and the Jazz now have six, eight, five days. I don't know if we're playing Monday or Tuesday. I would guess Monday morning. Um, we're going to have the worst TV times of all. Trust me. Uh, we got one TV market we're covering, the Rocky Mountain. Uh, you suddenly start to look at those. Now you get six days to start preparing and understanding. They ran that Jamal Murray, Jokic pick and roll right in the middle of the floor. That's different, right? He hands it off. Sometimes he finds the, and it's up high. So there's cutters coming the whole way. I think Moutier got back cut on back-to-back plays at one point. Like those are really difficult, different plays than what you're used to seeing. And these guys now have five days to start dealing with it. It's pretty interesting. We ran a bunch of open side pick and roll against them. We're wildly successful. They adjusted in the second half to it. And so, um, you know, that's one where we're going to try to get that open side pick and roll again and be able to take advantage of them. All right, let's get the questions out of the comment zone. We're live on Facebook, Periscope, Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, all of them. Uh, let's see. Interesting, both teams with obvious home court advantage will play each other. You know what, Douglas Sansbury on Facebook? That is a great point. That is a absolutely terrific uh, comment here from Doug. There are two teams in the NBA that have a home court advantage. Utah Jazz and the Denver Nuggets. And neither, and it's the other reason you want to play Denver. Is because of the fact that they don't have their home court advantage. Um, Ryan, I know you're in a difficult spot, but can you speak to the bias the NBA has with its officiating and specifically why they hate the Jazz? They don't. You, you love the Jazz, Ryan. When you watch a Rockets... Thunder game, how do you think the game's officiated? When you watch the Lakers Clippers, how do you think the game's officiated? Do you think it has a bias or do you think there's just missed calls? But the Jazz, the NBA does not hate the Jazz. You love the Jazz. That's what makes you outstanding, Ryan. Uh, thank you very much, Rich. I do look good for 35. At least I might have at 35. If I cut comb my hair or done anything today, it might have helped a little bit. Um what Nuggets lineups have been most effective against the Jazz and how the Jazz overcome them? 
It I from a quick scan, interestingly, it to me it's their smaller lineups. It's when they've gone and played Jeremy Grant at center. When they've gone and played um, those type of groupings have actually been a, a bigger problem for the Jazz than otherwise. Um, I'm going to, you know, I haven't had the time to go do my massive deep dive. We have tomorrow. I'll have more for you. Um, but I'll put that as one of the things for us to look at for tomorrow is, you know, the on-off numbers in this series, I do think are are worth looking into. Um I looked at the lineup. I looked at specifically, obviously, Rudy and them. And if you if we take that note, you know, the Jazz are plus six in the minutes in which Jokic and Rudy are on the floor together and they match each other a lot. Well, the Jazz are minus, what did we lose by the other night? Four. So we're minus 13 in the series. So we're minus 19 when Jokic and Gobert are not on the floor together. So there's two scenarios that are causing us problems here. One is when Jokic is guarded by anybody other than Rudy. We can just make sure that doesn't happen if he doesn't get in foul trouble. And then I think the other is when they slide Jeremy Grant to the five, we have not had a good answer for that. And are gonna have to, And I don't know what we have for that as a particularly good answer, frankly. Um, you know, this is where somebody's gonna, somebody asked on Instagram, what do I think of Jarrell Brantley? Like, I wonder whether Jarrell Brantley can be a backup five Draymond Green type player in the NBA. I don't think he's... You know, it's not, he's a second round draft, but undrafted. Let's not get too excited and make him more than that. Can he play 14, 15 backup center minutes? And he, he's, he's actually a natural ball handler and ball mover. He's not a great floor spacer, but he likes, if he has the ball in his hands, he can space the floor. And if he's moving it, if he, he's willing to move it, he can play with it in his hands, which he is. So I think that's, um, you know, I think that's, uh, an interesting kind of idea for Brantley long-term. I don't think you're going to do it in the playoffs. So I know I'm getting too far ahead, but does this suggest we would play the Clippers in the second round? We we would play the winner of the Clippers and the Mavericks in the second round. Uh, do the guys play today, get reps and rhythm for the rest of the playoffs? I think, you know, Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert are out today. Uh, Donovan, Joe, uh, and that group, I, I suspect would play the first half uh, and not much more. It gets interesting, by the way, if Memphis loses, so I believe Phoenix and Memphis play earlier in the day. Is that right? And Portland plays the last game. If they have both won, San Antonio's eliminated, we get we get a really bad game. If one of those teams loses in the early games today, San Antonio is now playing to make the playoffs if uh depending what happens later in the, you know with Portland later in the day. So, um you know, I you know, on that end uh I think, you know, we might have a level where we need to play a little bit more, but we're going to do what's good for us. And our goal was to get healthy and get the young guys minutes. We give those guys another 20 minutes of NBA action tonight. They they end up with 80 minutes of NBA basketball that we can use. I think it's it's good. Uh, great show as usual, says David. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. Besides Dallas game, I think our turnovers have been pretty high in the bubble. Do you think it's due to long layoff or players trying to force a little more than normal due to the bogey injury? I think we're playing quick. I think we move the ball a lot. I think we, we you know, History shows we've turned it over. Um, I always am most interested in what our shot quality is uh, and what our offensive rating is. Um, and so I think that's a, I, you know, I, turnovers are can get out of hand. Uh, but I always try to look at our shot quality in that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, 
The more I watch Denver, the more I want the Jazz to pursue Jeremy Grant this offseason, says Eric Wood. Uh, you know, their on-off numbers with Jeremy Grant are not great. I was actually surprised. Uh, I thought he'd really phase Millsap out. Millsap's still really vital to their success. Uh, he's an interesting player. I mean, I think we've got to figure out whether we think Bogey's a long-term power forward or small forward and then figure out how we're paying around that. But we've got a lot of money invested in a lot of guys, so I don't necessarily know where we're getting a whole nother, you know, large batch of money um, to be able to, to, to make another deal of that of that sort. Um, you know, we'll have to look, I'll have to look at what our cap space is, but, you know, you're trying to re, you've already played Royce. You're trying to re, you want to re-sign Jordan. I, I think it's an either or, frankly, on that. If you want Jeremy Grant, I think you're getting him instead of bringing back Jordan Clarkson. You better decide you're all right with that. Uh, Jordan Clarkson brings, you know, a unique perspective to the league. The, the question on all of these is, what's the replacement cost? So if you're trying to go find a long, lanky, athletic, more athletic, defensive four, and you're going to move Bogey to the three, then uh, what is your replacement cost if you don't get that? Who's What's your next choice? If you don't get Jordan Clarkson trying to get a scorer off the bench, what's your replacement cost? I think that's um, that gets a little tricky. Uh, by the way, if you're a news junkie and you want 10 minutes, news in 10 minutes every morning, Axios Today hosts Nyla Boodoo and her team of award-winning journalists bring you the latest analysis insights into the trend shaping of the world. That's Axios today uh, for your news that you need to know. Today's show is brought to you in part by Homey. They're revolutionizing the real estate market and changing the way it looks by getting rid of this, the set sales commission and doing it with set costs. It's been saving sellers as much as $10,000. The cool part also is that Homey is selling homes faster and for more money than the market average. So Homie's real estate agents are still there to help you along the way. They're still there to work with you every step of the way and give you the great service that you want and how you want an agent. But they're just doing it on a different price structure that saves you a bunch of money. You know, everything right now is at, the traditional rate is at 6%. So if you sell a house for a few, or buy a house for a few hundred thousand dollars, you're giving six, the agents of that deal are getting 6% uh, on, their, on the deal you're giving away 6% of your equity. Are you all right with that? Well, Homie's here to change the way that is done to do different set costs for time rather than having it be impacted by how much uh, you are putting out there as uh, as the seller and what you've done in your house. I mean, just to think about it in the simplest terms, the way I would say it is if you do a huge garden remodel and you end up saving, making your house a lot more valuable, then ask your question, why does the agent get more money when you're doing, because you did that uh, to your home than they would otherwise? That's why you want to reach uh, reach out to Homie, find out more about what they have to say. If you're going to call Homie, do this, text LOCK to 88588. That text LOCK to 88588 and you'll find out more about Homie and see what they can do for you today. Built Bar is back. That's right. Built Bar is back. Built Bar is bringing their new flavors out for you. So make sure you go check out the latest from Built Bar. See what they have. They're great tasting, super metrics bar, uh, less sugar, more protein. All the same things that once were true about Built Bar are true again as Built Bar has brought the new bar back. They've changed uh, with a brand new launch of all going on. Check it all out at BuiltBar.com. 
and see what's going on. This Built Bar has returned with their brand new flavors, brand new taste, and all the same great metrics they've had before. All right, let's continue with your questions on our final uh, segment. From Twitch. Somehow I really get fired up every time I get a Twitch question. How big a difference do you think it make with Gary Harris and Will Barton make it back in time for the series of the Jazz? Love the podcast. Thanks for all your hard work. So I think this gets really interesting. Jamal Murray is going to play 40. Michael Porter Jr. is a beast and is going to play 30 plus. Jeremy Grant, Paul Millsap, Nikola Jokic should take all those power forward minutes. So you have the backup minutes to Michael Porter Jr. And you have your small shooting guard minutes. Torrey Craig has been guarding Donovan Mitchell brilliantly. Frankly, if I'm Denver, I want Torrey Craig on Donovan Mitchell all 40 minutes he's on the floor. So now I have eight minutes of backup shooting guard minutes. And I probably have 15 minutes of backup small forward minutes. So I have 23 minutes for Will Barton and Gary Harris. That's not enough. So if they're all healthy and they're all ready to go, I actually think that's going to be like an advantage to the Jazz because it might get Torrey Craig off of Donovan Mitchell. And I think that's an advantage. From Austin Facer, who's your bubble MVP? I'm going Dame over Book uh, only because the end result is he got his team in the playoffs unless Phoenix gets to the playoffs today and then I'll go Book over Dame because he came from further. Who is the X factor for the Nuggets? So let me just fundamentally say I'm not the biggest believer in X-Factors. Like, I think that the series is going to come down to Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic against Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. I mean, I really, like, you know, teammates are going to help along the way, but, like, that's my take, right? Can Donovan outplay Jamal Murray? Can the Jazz slow down the Jamal Murray-Jokic pick and roll? Can Rudy have an impact on Jokic? Can our best players outplay their best players? Um... Their X factor is Michael Porter Jr. That if he is suddenly their third best player and it's noticeably obvious and he's impacting games and he's unguardable and he's big time and he's mature enough to play in the playoffs, then they're really good. And then they get us. Uh, so I think that's... Um, I think that would be it. What's the data coming from the bubble? It must be a dream-controlled environment for analytics. It is interesting, right? Um Fouls are up for the officiating because they can hear everything. Turnovers are down slightly. Shooting is slightly up. Uh, Offense is up. Can we win without Bogdanovich? Says Nathan. Quite honestly, that's a huge task. It'd be a remarkable story. Almost be as big as when we beat Denver without Memo. Uh, I think it'll be very, very difficult. We'll be an underdog in this series. To try to get them, I think it'll be very, very difficult. Do you expect a big offensive series from Mike and Joe with Craig Donovan uh, guarding Donovan? Uh, you know, I think the Jazz, Mike, Con- Mike Conley, and if we're going to X-Factors, it's Mike Conley for the Jazz, it's Michael Porter Jr. for the Nuggets. You know, can Mike Conley regularly drop 20? He has every time he's played 30 minutes in the bubble. So can he, can he drop 20 and relieve that burden? The Jazz have three pick-and-roll ball handlers in Joe, Donovan, and... Mike, can they use that to their advantage to be able to get matchups they want throughout the playoff series? Quinn's fabulous at hunting guys out. Can they go get who they need to hunt out in a playoff series? 
Brantley's good energy when he's on the floor, something the Jazz really need. I love Mia One. Isn't it fun how we get to see our young kids and we just fall in love with them? Um, Eric Wood, how is Clarkson like being in Utah? I think he and Quinn are really, really close, so I think that's probably overdriving his relationship. He loves, uh, he's really been open about how much he enjoys Quinn and getting along and being part of the guys, and he and Joe Ingles are very close, so I think there's a lot of areas um, in which there's a lot of positives for his situation in Utah. I'm not answering the question on what do we want in the offseason. Um, keeping Rudy out of foul trouble, top three issue for Coach Snyder going to the series. I think that's really true. You know, the other one is whether or not in a playoff series, if Torrey Craig is on the floor, and I got to dig into some of the numbers to understand what these guys' strengths and weaknesses are, and frankly, just haven't done it. You know, I haven't really had enough time. Um, trust me, I will. Um, is... If Tory Craig is on the floor, can you leave Tory Craig in some manner that allows you to bring a third defender over to the Murray-Jokic pick-and-roll and slow that down? The problem is Tory Craig is a great cutter, and that Murray-Jokic handoff pick-and-roll game is taking place above the top of the key, and so there's back-cut lanes in every direction. But Craig has shot 33%, 32%, and 29% from three, over the last two years. So if you leave Craig, you're not leaving, you're not worried about him as a three-point shooter. What you're worried about him is that he's going to go make a back cut on you and get to the basket that way because that's how he plays and what he does. If you can turn Craig into a catch-and-shoot three-point shooter, you know, he's he's a 32% catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. You're fine with that. So you're going to leave Tory Craig if he's out there a great deal. Um guarding Donovan and try to use that as your advantage. I mean, this is what a playoff series is, right? This is going to be the beauty. They're going to want Torrey Craig on Donovan because he's done a great job. We're going to be prepared for that and dropping off Torrey Craig and Donovan's going to get a break defensively and hopefully have more offensive juice for late in games. This is the beauty of playoff series. This is where when I talk about Denver's, you know, I think Houston has this a little bit too. I think we run into this a little bit. There's a uniqueness to the way the Jazz play with the amount of picks and handoffs. There's a uniqueness to the way Houston plays with all their isolation. There's a uniqueness to the way Denver plays with Jokic having the most touches of anyone in the league as a center. As time goes on in a series, they're not unique anymore. You're used to playing them. You're used to matching up on them. And so therefore, they become less effective. Um, and that, I think, is a huge part of this series is whether or not the Jazz can start to understand how to deal with Jokic in a manner that's different uh, because of that. So, uh Taylor Nelson wants to know uh, how hard is it to not be with the team? It's it's brutal, but you know we're all dealing with brutal stuff, right? Like, uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I've complained enough that my daughter, fifteen, came up to me the other day. I was like, if I've if you if I ever complained as much as you have, you would like take me to my room and lecture me about fighting through it and dealing with it. And so now I'm fighting through it and dealing. So there's no more. So I've been parented by my fifteen year old. Uh, from Zach Brady. With Mia One, will Mia One get minutes during the playoffs or the short rotation likely to have? I think he will. Um, I think Mia One will be a regular rotation player in the playoffs. Um, and then I think, you know, remember, we have the Mike Conley uh, pregnancy going on. 
not Mike Conley, Mike Conley's wife's pregnancy going on. Uh, special shout out to Locked On Auburn host Zach, uh, who's listening right now, and special shout out to Jackson Gatlin of the Rockets. I have the Rockets beating the Lakers in the second round, Jackson, so no pressure on you. You make sure that happens. All right, Locked On NBA. I did it with Ben Golliver today. It was really fun. We broke down all the series. We got into it deep. I had some crazy predictions, as I just shared. So make sure you go listen to that now. Right now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of podcast, Locked On NBA. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.